Blue Yonder shitting in your ears since 1947. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Cut, Cut, Peter Streets. <laughs> this is a part of the fun. And introducing Aaron Hubbard. Geek dog. This week's topics, introductions about the show and the return of Would You Rather. And now your host, Jim Jones. Hello and welcome to Blue Yonder. My name is Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. And we are about to make you shit your pants. Or go blind. It's your choice, really. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah. Okay. So obviously, uh, listeners are familiar with the Power Play podcast, No Jim and Peter, and probably need no introduction. We realize we'll have a lot of first-time listeners, and also I'm a new cast member, so we decided it'd be a good idea for us to go around the podcast and kind of introduce ourselves briefly. Yeah, and I actually in Power Play, I don't think we ever gave introductions, per se. We just kind of started the show. Um, so I guess now is a good time, as any, to do that. Well, I'm Jim Jones, 28 years old, uh, child of the 80s. First of all, I'm a web developer. Uh, I've been developing for 10-plus years. Made some websites, made some games, done some cool stuff with that. I'm also a huge Star Wars fan. And it's pretty much been part of my life for my entire life, or at least as long as I can remember. And uh, I'm also a zombie fanatic, I guess you'd call me. I've seen probably close to 100 different zombie movies. Uh, I've read zombie books, one of which I've recently purchased, which is The Walking Dead, Volume 1. It's a graphic novel, and it's pretty cool. So that's a little bit about me. Peter? Hello again, everyone. I'm Peter Street. You may remember me from Power Play. I am 29 years old, and if you know me from Power Play, you know a little bit about my background. Grew up on Mario Brothers, born and raised on the NES. Only recently has my quote-unquote geekery credentials, if you will, been increased in the sense that now I'm into collectible card trading games, paper RPGs, MMOs, and all sorts of things like that. So I play a lot of uh, World of Warcraft. I host a weekly Dungeons & Dragons game and play every Friday Night Magic I can I can get to. So there there you go. All right, Aaron. Uh, Aaron Hubbard, actually a big fan of the original Power Play. Been longtime friends with Jim and Peter. Known them since we've all been kids. I'm 33. I'm the creepy old dude of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, I, again, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Do not remember seeing Star Wars at the, the at the original Star Wars at the theater, but I was there. Do remember standing in line, uh, seeing Empire Strikes Back at the local theater, and telling my dad I had to go to the bathroom right as Vader cut Luke's uh, hand off. <laughs> and oh, we came back God. in with, with Luke saying, no, it's not true. It's My dad's like, boy. <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. I remember everything about the night. Been a huge Star Wars fan, like Jim, but I'm a little bit more disillusioned. I've played almost every console that's come out. Um, I kind of have like a, a sizable gap from the Super Nintendo years to like the PS2 years because I got into PC gaming. I think you only missed a... like three games in that time period. Yeah, right? 
Not a lot of, but I'm really weak on a lot of Zelda stuff because it's like my, I haven't played Zelda since uh, Zelda Two. Oh mm, God, there aren't any others. <laughs> Those are the only two. Number one and two. Oh no, come on. <laughs> but I, I pretty much like all science fiction, uh, all fantasy. Uh, I've been very interested in board gaming and role playing games, and uh, again, all around geek. And in fact, I think if we segue to the kind of theme of the show. You know, I, when we were discussing this, I kept on coming back to, like, you know, geek culture, basically. My hypothesis was that this generation, you know, t- uh, late uh, 20-something to early 30-something, you know, we pretty much cut our teeth on video games. We were born into the boon of science fiction, which was Star Wars. And um, I think we are going to explore a lot of different subjects from that kind of background. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much all the subjects that we approach are going to be approached from that geek-tinged uh, background. The thing that I hope uh, listeners do appreciate about the show is that we're going to explore a lot of other topics like uh, politics, religion, philosophy, fatherhood. Nothing really you know, is, is off-topic as long as it rotates around that uh, core of being a geek and, and, and like I said, what that means. I think we're going to have an audience that'll appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, I, I fully expect that not everyone will want to tune in to all of our episodes because there may be episodes that they're not interested in, but I think by covering these broad range of topics that we're going to kind of hit everyone at least a few times within the, the yes. spectrum of the show. This week we're going to be discussing geekdom a little bit, what it really means and what it used to mean and how it actually may or may not have changed. Geekdom means nothing. It's not a word. It's a made-up internet word. Ah, there we go. End of discussion. Thanks go. for tuning in. Yep. Oh uh, man, I'll catch oh, you next we're week. We're gonna like spend fifteen, twenty minutes on that topic. Oh yeah, we we didn't we didn't give the format of the show. It's an eight-second show. We come on, we yeah. announce a topic, and we totally say it's shit, and then we hang up on you. Yeah, Jim, yeah. Jim just crushes it, and we all realize he's right, and we move on with our lives. Absolutely. Yep. And if they don't realize that Very I'm right economical. within eight seconds, I edit it so that they do. Well, guys, I'm gonna go <laughs> take a shit. Good show. See you later. Uh. No, wait a minute. That's not right. Okay. That's not right at all. No. Uh, we got gotcha. you. Everybody, come back around. Huddle up. Lost our only listening. Center. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I think what's interesting about being a geek or what I grew up with, that meant something in, like, elementary school, junior high, and high school that I don't think it means anymore. Yeah. What did it mean? Well, like in high school, being a geek was like you weren't with it. You weren't in part of what popular culture was. The popular culture wasn't watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Popular culture was spinning hula hoops and uh, (laughs) slapping on those bracelets, those snap bracelets, you know. Right, right, right. Snap bracelets. No, 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 no. I mean, the fact that you'll actually hear someone say something like, I'm a fitness geek. Uh Uh-huh. Or I'm a running mm-hmm. geek, or I'm a camping geek. Things that were kind of the antithesis of geek back in the day. Yeah. For example, I use the term camping geek. I get a clear image of some dude in a geodesic tent, <laughs> and he's got like stainless steel canteens, and he's got this badass GPS, and he's probably got a little solar, uh, a solar power collector that's powering his uh, BlackBerry or his iPhone. <laughs> That's an absurd degree, but like you know, not only is he really enthusiastic about it, but he's also brought that kind of intensity to it. You know, a camper is a guy that you know is sitting there wearing a flannel shirt and he's cooking a hot dog over fire, and then the geek is, like I said, described. Yeah, I think a lot of the world is finding out that we're all pretty much geeks, 
in the yeah. in the sense that geek really meant and Aaron touched on this earlier with his descriptions is that what geekery meant when we were growing up and what it means today still retains that time commitment to be a geek in something you have to spend an inordinate amount of time pursuing said hobby or interest and when you get to this certain level of dedication then you get labeled with the geek tag but you know i think that that brings us to the subject of what geek means i yeah. mean to me geek always meant like a focused enthusiasm and happiness about a particular detail of a thing see that um, has been the case for me just recently Whereas before, I used to think the geek meant all the stereotypical geek things that you think of, like video games and computers and and anything that wasn't part of that popular culture at the time. And now, like you said, I think geek has taken on this different meaning, where it is more of just like how you approach a subject rather than the subject itself. Sure. Because like, you can watch Star Trek and not be a geek, but if you read Star Trek paperbacks or have gone to a Star Trek conference mm-hmm. or have said any syllable of Klingon, you're a geek. You know, and that that kind of like over the top intensity or interest, I think, is the hallmark of geekery. Yeah. It's what makes Col- it's what makes Tolkien so damn geeky. Because like you can fall that's a that's a rabbit hole you can fall down forever, man. I mean like you Not start forever, off the hobby. Dude. I and, think I hit the wall, but anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> but depending on your degree of geekdom, I think, because like some people read The Hobbit and that's enough for them. Some people need a harder hit. So they take the you know the full War of the Rings uh, series in, and you know they take a hard hit at the Lord of the Rings, and and then they're like, oh, uh, I I, I want to try that Silmarillion. Then it's like you know the further adventures of Baron, Luthien, Luthien, and oh my God, yeah, I'd rather die than listen to you name off fantasy books. I hate <laughs> fantasy. I hate it with a passion. Oh, I love fantasy, dude. I forgot this about how scandalous. Somehow, I did like, too. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that geekery is, is becoming diluted in the sense that you can't, you don't, you have everybody claiming the title and you don't have any truly living up to what it meant when I grew up. There are several things that it meant that it no longer necessarily means. One, you're a social recluse. Two, you have body odor. <laughs> Three, you probably no, eat too I was much. Always a, I, I always smelled fine, thank you very much. Well, see, yeah. I, 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 I showered daily. Well, well, there, Peter. See, well, speak for yourself. I have, um, I really have this kind of fond recollection on what a geek meant, and, and the image I get in my head is kind of like the dad of Marty McFly in Back to the Future. He's got a lot of great ideas, spends all his time alone, and is kind of afraid to interact with the world in in what's typically known as a normal way. And there's some advantages and disadvantages. I kind of look at a geek, since I run a Dungeons & Dragons game, as like a character class. And I think the class has changed. A lot of people, when they look at role-playing games, will look and see how... You know, maybe a warrior doesn't mean in 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons what it meant in 3.5. And I think as we're now entering 2010, this decade really shows, hey, being a geek today doesn't mean what it meant back in version 1995, you know? 
And Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any debating that the definition has certainly changed over the years. And I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I do see what Aaron's saying in the sense that a lot of what we grew up with and thought, you know, why don't people give Star Trek a try? Why don't they give Nintendo a try? And now everybody is playing games. Jocks are playing Xbox Live and their sports games. And everybody, you know, moms at home that had previously never touched a Nintendo controller now, you know, using the internet, they're on Facebook, and they're calling themselves geeks. This stuff is kind of nice, and I'm kind of glad to see it spread around and see that there was good things about what I enjoyed. But at the same time, I think there's this counter effect where the subject matter becomes diluted. You know, I didn't like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek nearly as much as I would have liked another series like Next Generation, but that's never going to come again. And it's because now they're advertising things that we used to own. <laughs> they're advertising it to the masses, and it becomes diluted. And I really don't like that. Yeah, but... There, there are still ah. those subjects which I think are exclusively, like, you, you could almost label it Uber Geek. Um, stuff like Dungeons Ooh, like & Dragons. Yes. The mass population is not playing Dungeons & Dragons. They may be playing it in some form through video games, but they don't realize that that's what it is. And if they did, they'd probably deny it. <laughs> There's still a little bit of that stigma attached, I think, um, to those really geeky subjects. But I, I gotta say, and I gotta give you massive props there, Peter, for the meta geeky illustration of like the diff- changing character class between 3.5 uh, and 4. <laughs> and, I, and I can, I have to dig deep and, and come up with uh, a geek reference of my own. And I'm gonna go with Yoda when he says, uh, "Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter." And I, I keep on hearing that like geek is. Uh, a funny way of dressing and a body odor and a you know a, a very Urkel and I'm like that's bullshit. Geek is uh, the geek stuff comes from within, uh, as Jim pointed out very well that like there's still some stuff that's kind of like quote unquote our domain: magic, Dungeons and Dragons. We've lost board games. games. We've lost Star, yeah, board games, stuff like that. It's still. You were about to say I think that we've lost things like Star Wars because it's now you know a cartoon that kids watch on Cartoon Network in between, you know, whatever. I don't think we ever had Star Wars, dude. I think Star Wars belonged to everybody in that generation. And it's only in recent years when it came out and everyone, that kind of groundswelling of affection. So now people are comfortable with saying, I really like Star Wars. Well, almost to a cliched point at this. Yeah, there might be a difference, though. I think there was always a difference between a Star Wars geek and a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. There's There are two levels there, and one of which is the way you approach it, like you said. Um, I know personally, me and Peter and my brother used to have uh, Star Wars trivia contests, like, all the time. Yeah, we would yeah. actively research things, the crown. Uh, figure out questions, and, and yeah, and we would have this trivia contest. That, uh, to me, is the geekery of Star Wars. And simultaneously, Wars. I mean, I, I don't know how much we're getting into our personal past yet, but... When me and Jim used to do these things, we were always usually in the same group with someone else we knew named Larry. And this gentleman was an older gentleman, and he was in his 50s. And this is in the mid-90s. He would usually be around, and we would have these competitions for the crown of who had the most obscure Star Wars knowledge. And uh, fighting over this crown 
he would just look back at us and roll his eyes. You know, it was just ridiculous because while he watched every single Star Wars movie, I even went yeah, to the theater. he was a Star Wars fan. Right, he was a Star Wars fan. He had a Vader mask and things like this. He would go to the theater and watch it with us. He actually got entertainment value from Star Wars, but then there was the geek, the geek, the geek event horizon. Sure. Like, you know, once you went past <laughs> that, you were sucked in and there's no escape. Right. Absolutely. I think what you're missing, Peter, is when Jim says that something, an activity, is inherently uber geeky, I think that you guys are uber geeks, and that's why you enjoy that activity. Um, I think <laughs> that geek is a spectrum. Um, and the reason why that stuff is still the domain of the uber geeky is because it's pain in the ass. I mean, playing Dungeons and Dragons is the equivalent of editing manually. Autoexec bat can fix this files. Sure. <laughs> I mean, nothing's done automatically, so it's like only people that are enthusiastic enough to learn those rule sets and buy all the dice and get the figurines and get the rule books and learn how to DM and hang on the forums to that nth degree are going to fall into that. Yeah. So it's like there's degrees, and to the extent that that fruit hangs low, more and more people of the, have that geek gene pounce on it. And I think that the geek gene is actually pretty prevalent. I mean, we've demonstrated, if nothing else, fantasy football conclusively proves that the geek gene is dominant. It lurks in everyone. Even the person that give you the fiercest of wedgies is now totally gay for fantasy football. And for good reason. It's a hell of a good time. I think if you want to reduce it to its most basic concepts, I think geek could be summed up as thirst for knowledge in a particular subject. I, I don't know that it even necessarily has ties to the actual subject, but if you have a real interest in a subject and you want to learn more and you want to excel in that subject, I think that's being a geek. Yeah. So, so far we've discussed that geek equals, you know, subject matter. There are some things that are more inherently geekier than others, like Aaron went from, you know, Dungeons and Dragons clear on up to the NFL football. There are some things that, you know, there are different tiers of geeky subjects. There's Dungeons and Dragons, computer role-playing games, first-person shooters on Xbox Live Arcade, and then Monday Night Football. You have different layers there in the subject matter, and then there's also, like Jim's mentioning, time commitment. How devoted are you to it? And if you're really devoted you're more of a geek, potentially, in whatever subject matter it is. Yeah, I like the idea that it's a spectrum, whereas you can be, like like we said earlier, uber geek in something. Yeah. Or you could just loosely be associated with it and still consider yourself a geek in that subject, I guess. Hmm. It's it's definitely a spectrum. The reason I think another reason that, that uh, geek has become popular is because geeks are relatively powerful in this generation. Like, you know, before... If you were a geek, you stereotypically went the doctor or maybe you became a lawyer, you became a, a literal rocket scientist or a chemical engineer, and, you know, you got the slide ruler sticking out of your pocket or whatever. Well, now, I mean, like computer programmers, thanks to the dot-com boom and the wage inflation that that's gone on, you know, they just make a lot of money. They're in powerful, important positions. They're CIOs and... Look at the richest people in the world. Bill Gates. Yeah. And I mean, Bill like Gates, uh, the, the guys that founded Google, Sergi, and whatever the other guy is. Uh, yeah, I think you're touching on something pretty interesting here in the revolutionary is that geeks have changed the world we live in. Um, what it meant to be a geek yesterday, it was kind of looked down upon because those people were seen as social misfits. They were seen as people who spent more time with a book than with humans. 
and those people ended up creating the inventions that we're using today just to do this podcast and they're rich and famous and successful and if it weren't for the geeks of our generation uh we would have a totally different world we'd be living in and they changed the face of the planet and that's why i think the idea of what it means to be a geek all those things that used to be shunned like geeks are always committed to their cause they're constantly injecting time into what they do and that's not like a bad thing anymore. Like the more dedicated you are to a pursuit is actually now a good thing. If you're spending a lot of time on it, people don't really frown on that as much. Um, so if it wasn't for the success of geeks as far as, you know, monetary, I don't think maybe people would embrace the term as much now. Anyway, uh, what you were saying about like the uber <laughs> specificity of the topics that the geek covers now. Uh, is really, I think, a function of the way that we communicate and the way that we have friends now. Because before, your your personality and your interests um, in the 80s were very limited by who you could associate with, which was the people in the immediate physical vicinity of you. Whereas now, you can go on the internet, like you said, and find any interest group you want to find, you can find. And, yeah. so, and then you can find porn of that thing. And Rule so, 34, if Rule Thirty Four of the Internet, <laughs> yes, you can. And <laughs> so, if something interests you, you don't now have to either fit it into your current personality or exclude it because none of your friends do. You can now run with that and go online and find these groups and and really build that into yourself. And that I think has has really opened up a lot uh, in geek. Which goes back to our original thesis that communication, specifically the Internet, has really been a boon to geek. Because absolutely, imagine like. If you lived in a community where you're the only fan of Star Trek that you knew, yeah. would it have been as enjoyable of an experience? Because we got together like after the episodes or like with Star Wars and we would discuss it and we would you mm-hmm. know, keep that kind of passion going where it wasn't just a once a week phenomenon. It was a several yeah. time a week phenomenon. And then now it's inside jokes and, you know, my <laughs> God, we got so much, we get so much mileage out of Picard's bald head and what has gotten you to the starship. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Just to bring the discussion back around to more of a personal perspective, my take on this is is somewhat negative because I don't really like the fact that the term geek doesn't mean what it used to mean. I really enjoyed the kind of exclusive club that you felt like you were in if you were kind of into nerdy things. I mean, do you remember kind of growing up playing video games and people thought you were a geek because you just played video games? Absolutely. And you wouldn't go outside, yo, get some sunshine, man. Why don't you come out of your room for a few minutes and do something else? You know, all that stuff is stuff I miss. I actually miss the oppression of being a geek. Because now I'm like, uh, yeah, what'd you do, dude? I spent 12 hours playing World of Warcraft. Cool, you want to get something to eat? That's not what I fucking want to hear. I want to be derided. <laughs> All right, well, from now on. Yeah, I think you're playing 12 hours a while, you're heading in the right direction. See, there you <laughs> go. See, you need to play 16, to... and then you can get there. Yeah, yes. you're, you're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> I've got my you're... sights held high, man. I'm, I don't look up, because that's where I'll but be. But, you know, I, I want to descent there, because I never got off on the exclusivity. In fact, I remember thinking several times, if people would just give this a chance, everyone would like it. You know, thinking that about Star Trek or video yeah. games. And it turns out I've been proven yeah. correct because <laughs> everyone has played 
Halo or Madden, if they're those big jocks that used to, you know, persecute. And I didn't get as mm-hmm. much in high school because I was ginormous, but... I'm um, holding a very successful J.J. Abrams Star Trek DVD right now. Exactly, and that's like, it's like again, it's like I've been vindicated. People, well, sure, people like Star Trek. They remake it with sexy actors, and sure, people <laughs> like video games if they stop looking like little pixel abortions and are photorealistic <laughs> and use John Madden's voice. I mean, it's, it's taken some refinements, but you know, in, some of this stuff is self-selection. Only one percent of the population is going to fuck with a configsys file or an autoexec bat so they can get their goddamn mouse driver and high memories to Star Control Two to load. But anybody will pop in a CD into a black box and have a pretty picture of it. Yes, but Aaron, don't you agree that as a geek yourself all through the ages, you really enjoyed kind of having to go through those motions in order to get the reward? Now it's easy. Yes, sure. I I, I fear yeah. for the next generation of geeks. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be so watered down and diluted that, it will, that what we love might just... Disintegrate. Hearing you say that reminds me, because I read Andrew Sullivan a lot and admire him and Christopher Hitchens on, on foreign policy and whatnot, but Andrew Sullivan is a gay man, and he's written several times about how, like, a lot of the leaders of the civil rights, not, not that they're 100% done with what they need to do as far as they're, they're being treated as equals, but you have to say in the last few years, being homosexual is not nearly as stigma that it was, you know, back then. And what he says is a lot of the older generation kind of like looks at the new ones that are like really out and, you know, the post will and grace and they like see how easy it is. And it's just like they bemoan this lack of what they call gay culture. Back then, more of the extreme members came out of the closet because they found it harder to hide and blend in. Well, now, you know, it's, it's it's. my experience with knowing gay people is they're a lot more similar than they are. I mean, you do have your flamers and, and whatnot, and more or less flamboyant, but, you know, it's not like every single person is RuPaul or, you know, Jack from Will and Grace. I mean, they're closer to Will. And a lot of people kind of, like, bemoan that loss yeah. of, of, of gay culture, and I think yeah. if that kind of melodrama appeals to you, that that kind of pathos that, that speaks to you. I think maybe that's the difference between you and me, that we're both the same geeks, except for you've got a really romanticized view of that torment uh, and that oppression. Yeah, I think there's some validity to that, but coming from a personal perspective here, I have pretty recently just admitted to myself that I'm a geek. For a long time I tried to fight it and not and not really give in to that. But I, I think once you can do that, once you're in an environment where you're able to do that, it opens up a lot more possibilities to be geeky because mm. you're likely to have friends who you can be geeky with, do geeky things. Yeah. And a lot of geeky things require friends that are also geeky. You're not going to be playing magic by yourself. You're not going to be running your own D&D campaign <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> that wouldn't so, work out um, very well. So, so being able to, to proudly say that, it, it actually helps you get more into the geek role. And I think the validity to my perspective comes in the fact that while you have a lot of advantages to the openness, I still hold dear how much I actually had to fight for what I really did love. Uh, Anything that people get without much effort never feels as precious or special as what people earn through struggle. And I think that's what I miss the most. The problem with me disagreeing with that is we've done the same things in that regard 
because uh, mm-hmm. we both have, whether or not I wanted to admit it, we both have been geeks since we were born. I mean, that's just our nature. And, 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 Since we were uh, born? It's not a choice. It's not a it's choice. Not a choice. <laughs> Geeks aren't made, son. They're born. Yeah. And and so I have those same experiences where I just don't hold it as dear, I guess, the experience of having to struggle with that. Um, Why not? You don't hold it as dear? N- no, I don't. Yeah, I, to me, that was a that was a layer of bullshit that just prevented me from enjoying it. Even exactly, more. and now I mean, it kind of added some illicit excitement to it, I guess. But yeah. to me, it's like I was always from the position of like, God, if people pull their heads out. Well, their I think it it like, brought me closer to my geek friends because, like, like you were saying, I I kind of saw my geek friends as a refuge from from everything else, um, a place where I could go to like really be myself. Um, and I'm sure, like, the gay community feels the same way um, when they're around other... What? A gay bar. Yeah, for, exactly. When you go to a gay bar, it's a place where you can let loose, be yourself, and and right. not feel awkward about it. And it was the same with my, my geek friends. And now that more people are geeks, you have to hide that aspect of yourself less. So I think it, it opens up a lot more, makes you feel freer, and, and more easily express yourself. Hmm. It's true. It's just at the same time, the actual, you know, geeky release you used to get when you finally met up with friends that understood what you were talking about is is diminished with the advent of the Internet and things like that. Maybe. But I would like to, yeah, definitely hear what people have to say about this on our topics portion yeah, of the this, forum. Yeah, well, this is a subject we'll definitely come back to. I mean, that's kind of the overall theme of our podcast. Yeah, I'd like to see, you know, does, does anyone out there, you know, appreciate my perspective yeah, on Yeah, I'm sure they do. Things like this. Oh, I'm sure. I know. I, in fact, I, I bet it's like uh, 50% closer to you. I'd be interested to see what to say. Yep. I, I don't know. Do you think we've cracked the bones and sucked all the marrow out of this topic we possibly can? Not, not at all, actually. I think we're, we're just no, getting started. No, I think started. there's probably hours of conversation I know, but I think, I think we ought to probably take a break now, see what the listeners have to say, and maybe revisit this topic. Uh, we can have like a State of the Geek Union on a semi-regular basis. State of the Geek Union, mm-hmm. I like I kinda it. I like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. See where, see, see, and we can, we can track where the, we can track where, because this ball, it's not going to sit there. Someone's going to pick it up and keep moving it. I mean, Absolutely. Everyone's moving balls. So what's next? I believe you're going uh, well, to uh, propound us a question here, Jim. Uh, yeah, I believe that's about that time. Are we going to be uh, ready for it? Back, we're bringing back Old Faithful, the segment that has never failed. Strap in. Please. Sit down. Uh-oh. What's would this? you rather? Would you rather? Uh, Aaron, I think you've got a pretty good would you rather, Are you, you ready rather, for this, right? Jim? Are you ready for this, Peter? I was sure. born ready. So here's, here's, it's, I got I got to have set up the scenario. You are going to be compelled upon paying of death that you're going to go to a convention and you're going to walk in the door and the first woman you lay eyes on, you have to fuck. <laughs> oh, God, what kind of convention? I think that makes all the difference. Get, okay, now here's the thing. Would you rather be walking into a Star Trek convention, a Star Wars convention, or, That's fantastic. A, or a Lord of the Rings convention? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I've got I've got wow. a very clear preference, but but uh, <laughs> let's start too. breaking the scenario down to so Pruder film style. Okay, so uh, your immediate thoughts, your immediate thoughts, Peter. I got got to have your gut reaction, and let's go around the room and get it. Peter, gut reaction. You got five seconds. Which convention do you want to be at? Go. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Ah, interesting. Jim, go. Oh, definitely. 
Lord of the Rings, hands down. All right, and I, I, I would yep. go Lord of the Rings too. So let's hear your rationales, dude. So the the choices are Star Wars, Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings, right? Right. See, I'm almost tempted to pick Star Wars just because there's really only one woman you'd don't ever see, do and that's a Princess Leia. Ha. Don't do it. Uh, I don't know. And, you get that trip. You get that six-breasted Jabba whore. <laughs> oh, that's get true. Cosplaying that's that. true. You're in for a rough night, my friend. A rough night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be bad. Although it could be. <laughs> I'll say. As I'll well. say that that I say to Star Wars, and I'll get more on this when I talk about my rationale. Star Wars is, I think, the safe choice. Yeah. No, no. Be. I think Lord of the Rings is. Because unless you're unless you're fucking an orc or a gnome, I don't think it's going to be too bad. I because they're, the costumes are typically skimpier, for one, which means the people are likely, if not expected to be, in better shape. I, I mean, granted, there are some people just who have no shame and will be sows and still wear those costumes, but uh, for the most part... I think you're going to get the better looking choices in the Lord of the Rings camp. Because you're elves. I mean, they're elves. That's like the only thing you're going to be doing, right? Solid rationale. And and similar to kind of way I'm thinking. Uh, Peter, break it down for us. What's your choice? You you chose Lord of the Rings. My choice is going to be Lord of the Rings. I I probably will regret that because, uh, first of all, here's my rationale. Just thinking about when I saw um, movies, um, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek movies, latest Star Wars movies, the populace of the theater was, uh, by and large, more attractive women in the Lord of the Rings viewings. I worked with women who were into Lord of the Rings. I worked with one that spoke uh, Sindori or whatever. Uh, like elfish language, she was studying his his tongues and going to school. Super geeky. Oh yeah, but how'd you uh, let that one get away? <laughs> there's not enough time on this podcast, especially uh, yeah, with this being a short segment. Um, I've been to uh, two Star Wars conventions. Those are the only conventions oh. I've been to. And while Aaron is correct, you do get the one in a million who actually has the figure to wear the Jabba slave outfit, uh, most of them that have that costume on um, wear it only to scar people like me forever. So Really? I've not seen a hideous Leia, but then I haven't been to very many Star Wars. Yeah, I've been to two. No, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to actually be able to go. And, that, I mean, it's not as hideous as I think a Star Trek convention would be, and that's why oh. that's the absolute last... If yeah, I were to order that, these, that's the fools. That's the fools' choice. Yeah, only someone yeah, who wasn't truly a, a geek, donut convention. like, uh, would fall into that trap potentially, especially with this new J.J. Abrams movie, because they're like, oh, they're probably sexy, like J.J. Abrams characters. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, but, yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're not a geek. No. Go there and find out. So yeah, definitely Star Trek's last. Lord of the Rings, probably first, just because I've known so many people in, in RL, quote-unquote, that fit the description of someone I wouldn't regret. So, what about you, Aaron? Uh, I, I bring it down similar. I think Star Wars is the safe choice because why? Um, Star Wars is insanely popular, uh, much more so than the other two franchises in the general populace. And the Star Wars events that I've been to... The average level of attractiveness is fairly high. You do have some god-awful valleys, 
But there's a couple mountain peaks. I remember a girl that uh, I saw online for the Phantom Menace that was there uh, with her boyfriend had a lightsaber tattoo on her ankle, uh, in particular. But huh. I think in, in Star Trek, no, no, Star Trek conventions. Um, I've I've been to one, and it scarred me so bad that I actually refused to go to the first <laughs> Star Wars conventions. They were hosted in my city, mm. and I didn't go because I'm like, no, I don't. I had to see photographic evidence that it wasn't as bad. <laughs> Like you might see an Orion slave girl that was is passable, but for every one of those, you got some fat fucking ugly chick in a sweaty Klingon costume with the glue <laughs> dripping down her face and the rolls coming out of her leather horn to boost the yay. It's bad. See, but, that's a real geek. Now, that's a real geek. Now, <laughs> now, 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 Lord of the Rings. To me, I don't, I don't like to play it safe. I like to go. For and the what about Lord of the Rings? The hottest women at a Lord of the Rings con are so much hotter than the average Star Wars convention goer. Now, I will say that the low of the Lord of the Rings is pretty goddamn low. Star yeah, Trek it's, level. It's probably low. on it's Star Trek low, I think. But it's it's yeah. a risk it's a risk of ruin that I'd like to, you know, for for for, for some chick in an Arwen costume, I will risk some orcish woman. That would be so awesome. See it. I mean, really, it's it's an issue of of probabilities here. You're weighing the probability of walking in, seeing a a beast of ungodly nature, versus <laughs> the probability of seeing someone decent or above. Well, we've lost all female listeners at this point, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, that, no, I, I don't think I, I think there's some nod in their heads because they're thinking of the men, and it's the same way, ladies. True. Am I right? There's Absolutely. some good-looking guys in elf costumes and ranger oh, costumes bullshit. with the long hair. And the uh, you know gauntlets on, and they got the boots, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh um, God! But but there are no good looking guys at <laughs> Star Trek convention. There are less good looking guys at Star Trek convention because there is the occasional there is the occasional Orion slave girl. There are no Jim fucking Kirks at a a Star Trek convention. There's not even a McCoy. <laughs> oh jeez, you're, there, there's you're a, stuck with there's Scotty. There's a sweaty, pimply, overbit Scotty. Oh. That's or check off with That's worse disgusting. hair. Disgusting. And you're talking off. about the original Scotty, right? Not the new Scotty. Not the not the Shaun of the Dead Scotty. You're talking oh, about no. old school fat ass Scotty. Yeah. Uh, si- Simon Pegg is an Adonis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Compared to that guy. So I, I think it's the same for uh, for. Although I will say that I think maybe Star Wars convention would get a little bit more love um, because there's a lot of men there and a lot of guys in stormtrooper uniforms and you can't be super fat. And we actually really have to. I mean, let's go on record as saying this podcast is being recorded in early 2010 because I think if we revisit this topic in several years or maybe another ten years even, we might have to change our picks um, because. Uh, first and foremost, Star Trek is Star is Wars. evolving. Star Trek, yep. Star Trek's um, getting hotter, sexier. Star Wars is. is getting less so. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And on top of it all, you've got the introduction of the Hobbit coming out soon. Yep. So there are there are no women women characters in the Hobbit. Just, yeah. So maybe maybe we might have a reversal on our hands next at our ten year anniversary. So yeah, Lord he, of the Rings will be a bunch of hairy-footed men running around <laughs> in their Hobbit costumes. Exactly, big Star Trek fat like Bilbo Baggins and his bucket dresses. of bobbits. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, cool. So that's my choice, yeah. Lord of the Rings, all mine the way. Mine too, mine too. For now. Even though I would For have now. a miserable time at the actual convention. Uh, same here. It, it would be tedious. But yeah, unanimous all around no, for Lord of the no Rings. I'm kinda, I, thought, I thought I'd get some takers on Star Wars. I knew Star Trek was just there for comedy. <laughs> yeah. And you know what my favorite part about this Would You Rather is? If we have listeners and we provide them a forum that post images, I'm sure there will be lively oh. debate and we'll get the cream of the crop of, of all these women from all the different conventions posted up. If uh, users want to post any pictures uh, on the forums of people they've seen who either they would hate to walk in and see or oh, that they would love to walk yeah. in and see, yeah. either one, post those up on our forums because I would love to talk about those. And you got to caption them like, uh, you know, greatest first, the greatest first woman ever or like, I will take the bullet. That's the caption. <laughs> I'll take. Yeah, in fact, shoot me. I refuse. I. I, I will not. That's play not an option. Game. I'm sorry. No, you it's on pain of death. Convention. It's on pain yeah, of it's death. It's on pain of death. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you're right. So okay. you, you suicide or, or murder is an acceptable way out. So. <laughs> uh, murder myself. Yeah, so I'll actually, actually play this it, game it, next convention. And I think I, I think actually this is a good the uh, you know death first is a good rallying cry you know yeah it'd be like uh, Worf in Star Trek you know perhaps today is a good day to die. All right, well, that'll just about do it for the show. If you have any questions or comments, or you just want to chat, you can visit our forums at www.baldmove.com. Dot com, or send us an email at blueyonder at baldmove.com, or you can reach us by phone at one eight hundred go fuck yourself. <laughs> With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. Hey, Ron Hubbard. Ciao. I have a chick track that I need to read that talks about the very real dangers of guns. Oh, they're very, they're very real. Oh, yes, I'm... You guys, level, possession. If your level 16 rogue dies, you apparently have to hang yourself. You guys are scaring me. This is starting to I freak me you out. To, I need, you're only level 12 now. I need to bail. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not level 12 yet. My, my, no, my your e-meter reading isn't high enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't contributed enough to the cause. Somehow feel like my co-hosts and cohorts here have been eaten by a brain sucker. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Everything All is fine. All hail the hypnotoad. <laughs> Go back to sleep, America. Your government is safe again. That's fine by me. In the meantime, I'm going to get me a soda. In the meantime, I'm going to stuff my mouth with oranges or something. Oh, oh, (laughs) I have a feeling some of that shit's going to be included in the intro. (laughs) I'm going to get some soda. I'm going to stuff my mouth with oranges. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stuff my ass with billiard balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's just implied in this show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it feels like an eight ball night or a nine ball night. Rack them up. Rack them up. Where you put your weapon? I mean you no harm. I I am wondering, why are you here? Here's fuck up your planet, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
You're gonna fucking destroy it. See that tree over there? I'm about to rape that tree. <laughs> that tree is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, so are you. I'm about to kick you into this swamp water, <laughs> bitch. Like Duck your face it. very good. I mean, you were lucky to get out of that. <laughs> oh, you might want to take a shower, though. I shit in there every day. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the outtakes we're going to have from the show are going to be stupid. <laughs>